We're talking about podcasts. We're talking about itty bitty podcast. A podcast. Merry Mini Monday, Chunkies. I'm Carter. Doge. And Jordan. We're still with that tiny television screen. I think we're going to be here for a long time. Yeah. It, it feels like we're going to be here for a long time. Despite all the moving around of uh, the announcements from Disney for, Goodness their, gracious. for their theatrical releases, it does feel like, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, that the Marvel shows are, are standing pat. I believe they, I think yeah, so. they stay the same. I think the thing so. that's interesting is, I don't know how the Black Widow move is going to affect the Loki schedule. Because yeah. that's it's now scheduled to come out during Loki. So I don't know if they're going to do like they did with with Mando and Rise of Skywalker and do it earlier in the week. I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Oh, I had totally forgotten about that. Totally forgot about that. Something I didn't forget about is an episode I just watched. Yeah. <laughs> about yeah. an hour ago. For those of you that don't know, we record on Fridays, a lot of the times Friday mornings. Uh, so we're doing all that good content all at once, which means for those of you that are following the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we watch that at the break of dawn. That's uh, surely. Since, since we've sprung forward, it's, it is, it's kind of the nighttime when we yeah. watch it. Yeah. It's pretty dark outside. Uh, but it's good. It's nice to have that fresh on our brains. Before we jump straight into that, though, uh, do we want to go ahead and talk about our winner of Spring Delirium? Yeah, let's do yeah. that. Let's Before lay it we out get there. into any other battle, we have to talk about the big one. Let's definitely do that. The one where the world is as, 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 the world is at stake? As, as, <laughs> at stake? <laughs> Tokyo and Middle Earth, you know. Um, we had our final two of this bracket that was basically the most daunting foe in all of movie history. We had Godzilla against Sauron. Oof. And we, we, we put that to a vote. And I know Doge has those statistics for us. It was not very one-sided. No, it was actually a lot closer um, than I thought it, it would was, be. Yeah, it was pretty close. Doge, can you, can you reveal to the people who our champion of Spring Delirium Season 3 is. I would love nothing more. To join the ranks of Kronk and Sully. If there's, if there's one of these two characters that is the most similar to Kronk and Sully, it is the winner of, of this year's <laughs> Spring Delirium. For and he it is, is humanoid. <laughs> it is Sauron. Sauron mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. barely beat Godzilla, 60-40 split. Um, the interesting thing is we asked folks after they voted for who, uh, for, for, for which big boy takes it, basically, which big boy is the biggest and strongest of the boys. We asked them to describe the winner's finishing move. And most of the people that described a finishing move were describing Godzilla's finishing Can move. I tell you why? Can I tell you why they did that? Tell me. Tell me. Because everybody who voted Sauron was like, well, I mean, self-explanatory. And then well, they voted uh, Sauron. Yeah. And then everybody that voted Godzilla was like, wait, 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 no, hear me out, though. Here's how it could possibly probably happen. I mean, that is me. I was a Godzilla vote, by the way. I voted. Okay. okay. And I gave a finishing move. Oh, okay. Specifically. Oh, I was, a, I was a Sauron boy, and I did not give a finishing move. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's why, because I was like, you really need me to explain this to you? Don't make me break it down for you. Can you give us I any of these p- finishing moves that we received here? <laughs> that's how you break it down, with the beat. Yeah. Oh, Ted Lasso. One voter says, just a real stern look from the eye of Sauron. <laughs> I'm inclined to agree with that. <laughs> I am also inclined to agree. Another voter says, Sauron's frosty personality freezes Godzilla in place. And then he stabs him with a mace. So he gives him the cold shoulder, essentially. The old mace stab. So, yeah. 
That's amazing. My reason for Godzilla winning, which it was just, it's it's sometimes fun to try and have a creative challenge. So you want to like sound something that's even close to convincing, even though I'm clearly wrong. But like Sauron's big boy powers backfire literally against him for that fraction of a second before he can just completely annihilate Godzilla. I think he takes Godzilla a little bit mm-hmm. for granted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of just doing a quick finishing move like he should. Like we know he can. He doesn't. Right. Godzilla plays the whole, oh no, I'm dead again. I'm dead. <laughs> can Wantanabe come blow me up, please? Sauron, <laughs> yeah, he turns around hoping for that nice like walking away from a blowing up building scene. But it's just to him being disintegrated by atomic power. So it's just for, for Sauron to lose, he has to make a mistake. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Good thing he doesn't do that. The yeah. only mistake he ever made was underestimating hobbits. Yeah. There you go. I mean, think of any big bad in narrative history uh, that was perfect and lost. Hmm. We have definitively, by the way, through this ranking, definitively ranked Sauron as the most powerful film character. I think it'd be tough to argue. You know, we we did have that weapon variable. So it was like That's Thanos, true. Thanos was without the gauntlet. That's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Ego was talked about being a part of this. That's a good point. I noticed you mentioning a lot of Marvel characters. Though. I did. You got Marvel on the brain for some reason? I do have Marvel on the brain. Can we, we talk episode, about it now? Yeah, we're in episode two Thank of The Falcon goodness. and the Winter Soldier. Look, here's uh, the thing. I can… I'm trying to get out ahead of this. I can already hear um, myriad voices on the internet and other places saying the sentence or the phrase… I just don't see why Marvel has to get political or I liked it until Marvel got political or whatever. This dude is cosplaying as an American flag. It's going to be political. Right. Well, and 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 here's here's what I'll say um to people who hold that sentiment. If if a character if a character's story involving race means politics to you, step back, retweet, Oof. bro. And uh, yeah. go ahead and go ahead and take a look up and down in that mirror and see where your priorities are at. That, that's is, what I was going to say to that person. I want to say, okay, could you define politics to me? Right. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then, okay, how do you feel about just just people being treated equally? Is that is that politics? <laughs> that politics to you, it's right? Like, or is that just natural? Like, yeah. That's I think funny. this is clearly going to be a story with lots and lots of um, like hyper personal moments for Bucky and Sam when it comes to, you know, somebody donning the suit of their best friend, when it comes to reconciling the fact that they were both best friends with the same guy and they can't seem to find that common ground with each other. Like there's going to be a lot of hyper personal moments, but part of being hyper personal when you're Sam Wilson, the first black member of the Avengers. And giving up, like, this is going to, it, it's already I mean, we not, so… Are we not counting Rhodey? Oh, yeah, you're right. We count Rhodey. That's true. Sometimes I forget that, uh, what's his butt, uh, what's his war machine is an Avenger. I don't know why I forget that. You know why? It's because he was Terrence Howard for a whole movie. And then we all <laughs> forgot that Terrence Howard was in it at all. That's it. <laughs> That's it. But I guess, I guess my point here, what I'm saying is, it, it just is so clear that this is going to be heavy and… Part of being heavy is with with Sam's story is it's going to deal with race and I just yeah. I I'm excited for it. Um, I think so far it's been handled very interestingingly. Um, yeah, and I don't for a uh, on the topic of Sauron 
funny enough, I don't want to be uh, uh, insensitive by calling a fantasy world like Middle Earth also a story about race. Right. Uh, but it's it's if if you need to uh, pick your camp, if you're going to say that that something is political and you don't want to watch it, because there's probably way more things that are uh, at the foundation of of how they're written in terms of dynamics between characters that you could define as political. It just seems so malleable. It just seems so yeah. easy to say that something is political and something is not. And yeah, yeah. Um, more more than that, though, this is a Marvel television show. And I think it's time to talk a little bit about our new Captain America. This dude sucks. <laughs> wow, hey, I hate him. Here's the thing. I was ready and willing to give John Walker the benefit of the doubt based on the first five minutes of this episode. He really yeah. seemed like a guy who um, had kind of earned his stripes, who had been through a lot, and who really, really wanted to do the mantle justice. And... Obviously, you know, he's got some things stacked against him. Even in my mind, first and foremost, he's not Steve. And so that's that's hard. Um, he lost me at stay the hell out of my way. Yeah. That was about the moment when I was like, all right, okay, this guy, I don't think so, man. That track's completely… That tracks completely. Completely. That tracks completely. That tracks completely with what we see uh, in the comics. He's He's kind of… Not really a villain, but just sucks as a dude. Right. Like, just really, really unpleasant. Uh, I was completely shocked that we got Battlestar. I really That's didn't awesome. think we were going to get Battlestar at cool. all. I am so intrigued with where we're going. If I had to hazard a guess, uh, John Walker's going to try and get his hands on some super serum so he can keep up with the big boys. So they're talking about the power broker, right? right? We mentioned the power broker again in this episode. The power broker has clearly super soldierized some of the flag smashers. Um, it's interesting amalgamation of the uh, the flag smasher name with kind of the watchdogs cult, the, the watchdogs group from the comics. Uh, it's a super interesting kind of combination of those two ideas. But the power broker has clearly super soldierized these guys. And so I think that's going to be where we get a little, you know, I think John Walker's going to continue to infiltrate and and attempt to stop the Flag Smashers, discover that connection, and then go, wait, I don't want to stop these guys so much as I just want to get the same powers that they've got. Right. Yeah. I. That sounds great. The, I, this is always brand new to me. When <laughs> things like that get told, it's like, I... I think that could totally happen. Yeah, uh, I want to double check something though before we get too far. And I guess he'll—he's kind of a through line on on this episode. But John Walker. So when you're saying he yeah. sucks, you're saying as a character he sucks. You're not poo-pooing on Wyatt Russell's interpretation. No, no. Wyatt Russell's doing great. Yeah, he's I doing a good job. I was—I had a moment that I was like, huh? No, Am John Walker something? as a dude sucks. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I think he's Wyatt very Russell good. Is, yes. Okay. He's good. doing a great job. Good. 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 And good. I think and he boy, actually he rides completely that. different. Yeah, yeah, dude. Without a beard. <laughs> They're actually giving him some of that five o'clock shadow right now, which is good for me. Yeah. Just yeah. to be like, that's who you are. I feel like, and, and this is so, it, it's a hard line to walk, I assume. And so I'm impressed that he is so capable. But I feel like he's doing a really, really great job just walking that fine, fine line between being completely hateable yeah and sympathetic 
Yeah. That that type of character feels really uniquely TV to me. Yeah. Like, I don't think we get that character in a movie because we we've only time. got like at this point, we probably only have 15 to 20 minutes left in our story if this is a movie. And so right. we don't have this character that can constantly ride the line and I'm flipping my opinion on him every 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think this is a uniquely long-form storytelling type of character and I'm really glad that we're getting that here. Yeah. Um, I I have actually seen some complaints online about Falcon and the Winter Soldier so far saying that it's not what people were expecting or or I don't know. I just I don't get it. I'm really really this loving is, it so far. It's exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what people were expecting. Uh, if you're expecting it to feel like WandaVision, you're wrong. Yeah. Like no one ever said that that would happen. Um, this you know, is we had long talked- form <clears throat> Captain America the Winter Soldier. That's what this yeah, series is. We, yeah. we had we had talked, I think, around the time of WandaVision or maybe even before when we were getting ready for these series, uh, a little bit about some of the Disney shuffle. Uh, I think Captain, I think uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was originally slated to be the first show that we yeah, got. Yeah, it was yeah. supposed to be last fall. Um, and I wonder if it is more of a benefit to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier if it had come out before WandaVision. I'm sure like if, whichever first one comes out is going to be the hypest one. Right. And but people think, are accidentally going to expect them all to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Those The ingredients of WandaVision, though, are so much that I think it could have a legitimate influence on what people think of another show that's under the same sure. umbrella. Sure. Yeah, I agree. But no, I'm loving it. I'm. It feels. It feels equal parts. Uh, you know, like buddy cop. Um, we've got yeah, our good totally. action in here. It's. It's like buddy cop that's willing to be a little bit more empathetic and like. And there like, are moments. Thoughtful. There are moments where it is Twenty One Jump Street between <laughs> Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, who, by the way, are crushing it. Yeah, they're in really, my really opinion. delivering. Yeah, um, well. Anthony Mackie talking to that kid in Baltimore when he's like, uh, you're the black falcon. He's like, does that make you the black kid? Yeah. <laughs> he high-fives high like, that I got dude. Him, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, I think he is, I, 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 I would love to see all of the outtakes from this series because you mm-hmm. know that they're just gunning for each other the whole time, which is great. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think they're both, they're both really crushing this here. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like when you dive into a character-specific story, you have to like those characters to like the series. That, you know, like, yeah. if, if if people aren't already kind of in love with Falcon and Bucky, then they're going to have a hard time getting on board with yeah. this series. Um, thankfully, I love both. So that, yeah. that makes my job a little bit easier in enjoying this. Um, uh, in a way that felt, I think usually if we're having any kind of like homage to or plugging in or introducing characters from the comics, uh, a moment like that, uh, it felt big like with um, learning about Monica Rambeau right. and things like that. But it, it really felt like this episode is episode two of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the most new character introductions we have had yet in the MCU television world. Yeah. We get three, I guess, right? We get U.S. Agent, Battlestar, and Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. Who, Can we talk about Isaiah? I'm yes. going to super pump this. Yeah. Um, I think our meeting with Isaiah was uh, definitely one of those moments where I was in the screen. Like, I, I yeah, it felt so dude. interesting to me 
because I definitely have a different radar that comes up when there's someone that I feel like. I feel like I've watched enough shows, and I'll I'll say with y'all, uh, because I do get to consume. I get to like talk about this with you guys every time. Um, that I I feel like I have an above average Spidey sense of if this is someone who's important and actually has been important before. Right. And Isaiah definitely felt like that to me. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something about the way this show is being delivered uh, and that Marvel continues to do is I think this is interesting even if you don't know anything about Marvel. Yeah. Like I think I think the concept of there having been a black super soldier that nobody really talked about um, that clearly has gone through hellish situations of like 30 years of being tortured and getting studied, uh, equal parts from the U.S. government, equal parts from Hydra. Um, I just, the moment when he just throws that can into yeah. the wall, yeah. like I was like, oh my God, I was so intrigued by by this character. Um, and my hope would be that we see more, but I can also see maybe if this is just a one-off reference for the sake of, um, you know, the Falcons storyline in this. I, I don't know. But can y'all unpack Isaiah a little bit for me? Carter, I would love to explain Isaiah Bradley to you, but unfortunately, I don't have time to explain oh, Isaiah so next Bradley week, to you. Destiny? <laughs> I don't even have time to explain why I don't have time to explain Isaiah Bradley to you. So stay tuned for a special continuation of our podcast after these <laughs> very good ads where we're going to earn a little bit of extra money to pay for our Disney Plus subscriptions to keep talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is why I do these. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay, unpack this for me. Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley uh, was actually the first black Captain America. Uh, Isaiah Bradley was in the comics uh, the year after Steve became a super soldier. Here, I think it's during Korea. He's often called the forgotten Captain America. Yeah. Isaiah Bradley was, uh, along with, I think, 300 other African-American soldiers. It, was he called the forgotten Captain America in the narrative of the series no. or no. by people who consume the in Marvel Second comics? option. Okay. Yeah. Marvel Comics. Uh, we referred to him. We. I say we. Marvel Comics. The extended brotherhood of Marvel Comics fans, <laughs> of which I am a part, 
Uh, he's often called the forgotten Captain America. Yeah. He was, so we would I, say it's, it's kind of, I'm sorry, we would say it's kind of meta now for the Falcon to be talking about. It feels like this is a nod to basically what people who know about Marvel know about Isaiah, that right. he was forgotten, right? Right. right. I'm telling so you that's… taking a step outside of the world that… <laughs> I don't that think Anthony it's outside Mackie the world, in. though. I'm telling okay. you that okay. he is the forgotten Captain America. Amazing. He's often called by people who know who he is, the forgotten Captain America. He was, Wonderful. along with, I think, 299 other African-American soldiers experimented on to try to recreate the super soldier serum. That's kind of a through line through all of Marvel comics, especially over the last 25, 30 years, is that Captain America's super soldier serum was the first time that humanity was like, we can augment ourselves and make ourselves better. Obviously, as we know from the first Avenger, that super soldier serum died with Dr. Erskine. And so th there's been attempts to recreate it. That's where the Hulk gets his powers in Ultimate Comics that becomes the Green Goblin serum. Um, and so this is kind of like a scientific through line that we're always trying to recreate this. It was actually successful with Isaiah Bradley. Uh, and something about the dosage he got gave him essentially Captain America's power set. He's got super soldier serum. It worked. It dosed him properly. Um, but when he came back home, obviously we know from the show... He was not hailed as a hero in the same way that Steve was. He was incarcerated and studied for a very long time. And so that's kind of, I think that's exactly the story that's playing out here. I actually really like that we've changed it to Korea rather than the year after Steve. Because, I mean, number one, he'd be too old. But number two, it's, it's really interesting that the forgotten Captain America is a veteran of the forgotten war. Right. Uh, I just think that's a really, really nice right. way to tie that together. Um, isn't his grandson... Someone as well? Patriot. Yeah. Yep. We might get Patriot if we get a Young Avengers movie because we're getting uh, Kate, Kate Bishop. Bishop. Yeah. Uh, we're getting, we got Speed and Wiccan already. I think we could get Patriot. I think we could get Hulkling uh, in the in the She-Hulk TV show. So Young Avengers could be coming a long time from now, but it'd be interesting. Kind of cool. Yeah. Super interesting. Thank you for that. <laughs> for that breakdown for me. <laughs> yeah, so I am, um, I'm really loving um, the one who's playing Carly. Um, let me look at her name. Erin Kellyman. Carly yeah, Morgenthau. Uh -huh. Solo? Yep. Um, man, she's good. Very good. She's, she's playing the same role, isn't she? Yeah, yeah pretty much. The same role from it's Solo? It's just exactly Solo. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. but it works. It really works for me. Um, the Flag yeah. Smashers are so interesting. Because mm -hmm. last episode, fully painted as this like rogue guerrilla tactic terrorist organization. And then this episode, they're doing that thing where you're like, they're starting to make a little sense. Yeah, they're pretty you know? populist, huh? Yeah. And so it's 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 interesting. Uh I'm very uh I'm very excited to see where they take this particular storyline because it seems like um John Walker is standing for, he's essentially the antithesis in a lot of ways to Captain America. He is taking orders. He is um, putting, you know, the flag over his fellow people in, in I'm, I'm just speaking broadly here, but it just seems like the Flag Smashers right now are standing more where Steve Rogers would stand and that John Walker is not. And so I think it's just creating this, this really interesting, uh, dichotomy between the two caps that I think we're going to see widen uh, as the yeah. show goes on. I think there's a lot of fun tension right now between our characters. Yeah. Uh, uh, it feels like almost every character that we have, I would even say our leads, have some kind of decision to make. Yep. Uh, and 
uh, we're not totally sure which way they're going to lean just yet. We have assumptions, and I would imagine that you know we're we're episode we're two episodes in. After next week, we'll be halfway through this series. So it's crazy. Something tells me uh, we'll have a few of these lean one way towards the end of this series, and maybe even some start uh, as early as as next week. But yeah, I, it makes me definitely interested and looking forward to it. It has such a in a strange way, like a Breaking Bad feel to me. Uh, of it's just like I don't know if ultimately that you're good. Um, you know, I get like you're doing this to support somebody. I get that you're doing this uh, because you're angry. You know, it's 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 a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it's it the the path that we're on is going to be so cool to watch because it just feels like we have all of these elements on this collision course right now in a very action movie way. Um, speaking of action, that first fight on those semis on the trucks was really cool. Ooh, loved it. That's yeah. my super pump. Really? Yeah. This choreography did not feel like TV to me, which is totally. hard to do. Even some of the like it reminded me honestly of the the truck, the like mud truck things in in Mando season two. Yeah, yeah. And even some of that choreography felt very TV to me. Yeah. But this, whoever, I, I should have looked in the credits, but whoever's directing our choreography and coordinating our, our team of stunt actors feels very movie. Like this it feels pure like Marvel. the Winter yeah. Soldier. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Uh, Falcon, the moment where, where Bucky catches the shield reflexively yep. and then hands it off to the new Captain America and then you see it in his eyes go, oh, crap. That's not, Steve. not Steve. I shouldn't yeah. have given it to him. Yep. Totally. Loved that. I was, I was about to bring that moment up. I think that's really great. It's, it's sort of... Um, I think your word is great. Reflexively catching it and then almost passive-aggressively being like, here, whatever. Yep. I think um, seeing… This is maybe the most mobile we've seen Falcon during fight sequences. I love how much he is moving around. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's just because he's not surrounded by, you know, three other people that can fly. So he looks very mobile. But <laughs> exactly, yeah. The, the way that he… When he got kicked off and opened the wings real quick to catch back… It's just so cool. Uh, the visuals yeah. are really great. I, though, would like to talk about my super pump. Please. I have our choreographer before you jump into yeah. that yes. moment. Yes, yes. Uh, it is the same guy who did Daredevil. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And, yep. and Deadpool. Yep. Okay. Okay, perfect. That's why yeah. it's great. Give us a name. What's a name on there? No. Mm -mm. Okay. Yeah. No, if you read the comics, you'd already know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that's a good point. J Justin Eaton. It's the Justin. It's the Justin squad. Captain Choreography. Justin, the Justin squad. Justin Eaton. Justin Listen. Eaton. We Justins will take over the world. We could do it. Uh, also was Watchmen. Also was Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Uh, if that Justin could teach me how to punch, I would be, be I would have, yeah. I would be brain and body Justin. And then I would just need to find heart Justin and soul Justin to become <laughs> a full Justin. I wouldn't have to be also Doge Dr. anymore. Strange. This is Marvel's guy. He's Doctor Strange too. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Also, Glee. We can unpack that on the next episode. I don't know about that. <laughs> when, Super pump us. When you make a television series set in a universe with pre-existing characters that we know and love, and you make a promise in a trailer that we're going to get a big one played by a fantastic actor, their introduction to your show must be great. The introduction of Baron Zemo into this television show is my super pump. Specifically like the scene with the Hannibal Lecter opera music or yeah, like the 100. way he's being integrated into the plot? Specifically his scene, the music 
the him, yeah. it was, yeah. I, I don't know. I just built up in my head, like, when, how are we going to see him first? How are we going to see him first? How are we going to see him first? And that was perfect to me. Yeah. Yeah. Never, ever sad about more Daniel Bruhl no. in my stuff. Carter, you look like you disagree. Oh, no, I'm never sad about him either. I, I, it did stand out to me the pacing of jumping straight into introducing Brian Zemo. It almost felt like they're like, shoot, we've only got 40 seconds left. <laughs> uh, let's have a conversation really quick. You know who we have to go to? Uh, yeah, Baron Zemo. See, that, <laughs> and it was just like going straight into it. I don't know fast. why that was exactly what I wanted. Less their conversation and more the second the classic music starts. Once, sure, I'm down for once it. That yeah, it felt like in. the classic, it felt like it interrupted. <laughs> the yeah, end of right. their conversation. It felt, but it was okay. aggressive, an aggressive start to the opera, sort of like blob opera, just like immediately yeah, yeah. full Whoa. throttle. It's just the walk down the hallway, the look at the roundabout, the, the close up on the cell, and then it's just, yeah, him. that's all great. Uh, it got me hyped. Yeah. yeah. This is why I think we're going to see more Isaiah Bradley, though, because he talks about, uh, Falcon talks about, He's talking about Hydra. Right. Right. And so we got to go to the guy who knows all Hydra's secrets. So we're going to, I think we're going to get a little bit more of Isaiah Bradley's story. Probably never to week. fight. What if he fights, y'all? That would be great. This boy looked ready, didn't he? Let's give us this, a, this man could fight. Let's give us a team up of Isaiah Bradley, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and then old Steve slash Joe Biden standing with his arms folded in the corner <laughs> like a Pokemon trainer. <laughs> Falcon, yes. I choose you. Yes. <laughs> Falcon used fly a bunch and punch people. <laughs> it's do we very have uh, do we have anything else to share about this episode? Um, I loved it that we can think of. I thought it was very good. I loved it. I love the pacing of this show. I know there's yes. been a, a complaint from people that I've seen online is that it's slow and good. That's the point. It's really like setting up dominoes is really slow compared to knocking them all over. But if you don't take the time to set them up, they won't touch each other when they fall. And look, here's the other yeah. thing. This could all retroactively be changed if the domino yeah. falling isn't great. But if it is, then perfect. Set them up as long as you want. But here's my thing. Sure. With a show like WandaVision, where there is, and I'm not knocking WandaVision, but where there's like these gimmicks to these episodes and there's these themes and all this stuff, watching, watching it is kind of exciting every time. Yes. But in a show like this, this is, a, this is an espionage thriller, essentially. So when we're broken up into episodes, it's more painful to wait at the because beginning. Because I, I think WandaVision is, is that exact same thing. Is a very episodic, slow burn thriller story. Correct. That's dressed up as sort of a monster of the week story. Correct. Like, like Fringe or like Buffy or something like that, where you're like, what is the new thing this week? Hmm, what do they got to stop this week? Right. But that is the surface level, but underneath that is the long form story. And we don't have that extra surface level in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right. So it's, it's, I, I have noticed myself being more frustrated when an episode ends. Oh my gosh. This completely. time. But I think that's because it's great. Yes. Like, I don't know. It, I don't fault yeah. a show for taking its time. Yep. No. And I think we're still as viewers, as a collective in, a, in the infancy of having Marvel shows. Certainly. I, I think there's going to be these natural things in our subconscious that are accepting or that are uh, expecting very similar pacing and vibes and stuff like that. It's easy when we get a movie every year or every four or five months to prepare ourselves. Oh, here's all the ads for Thor. This is not going to feel like Captain America. We won't even really be on Earth, right? Like we have all this time to prep for that. We had a two-week turnover. 
And now we're yeah. jumping right back into something that we're right. being told is, you know, in the same universe. And, right. and I, I understand people's offense sometimes, but I would ask that you just give it a little bit of time. But to end this episode, hmm. to end this episode, let's actually, uh, you can take it wherever you want. It feels more serious to me. I'd love to have your name. And then uh, I'd love for you to tell me, even though Wyatt Russell's doing a great job here, who 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 else can play this role? Who, who else do you think would be a good, you know, at the end of episode one introduction, uh, which by the way, I kind of liked that Wyatt Russell was not recognizable when I yeah. first saw him. I think that was supposed to make me be a little offended that as extra offended, it was not Falcon that was there. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, who's who's our new John Walker? I'm Carter, and I'm going to say John Hamm. Okay. Yeah, fine. And I think there's. I think go ahead and I think that it's fine that he's a little bit older. He's a madman, so that's perfect. Mm. He's a madman, but I think John's got it, dude. John, John, it, I think John is also good. I've seen him as Draper be somebody that I don't know if I like him or not. Uh, almost every episode. I'm right. like, oh, you're a jerk. I think the greatest tragedy of his career is that he never got to play Batman. Mm, Dude's got the best superhero chin. He's got a great yes. chin. Got a great chin. Yeah, John Hamm for me. I'm Doge. It's it's Scott Eastwood. Oh. Mm. Yeah. And much like when I voted for Sauron, I don't even think I have to tell you why. Yeah, yeah I mean, it makes sense. Furious 7. <laughs> exactly. He proved he can do it. <laughs> What a description. Uh, I'm Jordan, and I'm taking a swing with this one, but the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm into it. Uh, I need somebody who rides that line, who can be immensely unlikable and weirdly sympathetic and charming at the same time. Me? It's Doge. <laughs> uh, I am going to go Ty Burrell, Phil Dunphy from Modern Family. Oh, okay. <laughs> give give him some time in the gym. Let him get beefed up a little bit. Oh, I bet he could beef up. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, anybody I, can beef once they got the Marvel steroids in them. I feel like I feel like he could really nail that sort of like I'm trying my best here, but nobody likes me, so I'm just gonna be bad yeah. now. Which is where I feel like I, this is going. I just can't see him as anything other than Phil Dumpy, though. Well, you I know, can see it. That's uh, that's tough for a lot of people, but. I think that's the reason they're not going to cast John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. No, I think they will. I need it. I, I need don't it really think they bad. will. I need it really bad. They won't do it. They won't do it. Carter, settle it right now as the outro music plays. Will Jim Halpert play Mr. Fantastic, yes or no? Yes. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.